Well, Merry Christmas. We've got to that time of year again, September. Welcome back to Don't Slam Your Podcast. Today, we've got the return of Forrest. Now, I did say last week there was a lady called Rachel who's going to be coming on the show. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to come on in the end, but Forrest is ever as reliable as ever. Got agreed to come on the show and looking forward to another one of our chats. Forrest, how are you today? Thank you, JD. I'm very fine and always happy to step in to talk about 2.4 children at any time, on any day, at any time. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and actually, uh, you've got a fantastic jacket on. And um, tell me, you saying, we were talking just before what the inspiration was for the red jacket. Yes, I was just sitting here re-watching uh, Relaxavi, you know, re-watching it, I don't know, for about the 30th time. And uh, I really like Ben's shirt and I have a blazer just like it. So I thought, you know, what? I'm going to wear it for the recording in it, Ben's it's, memory. It's really <laughs> cool. I really like it. And thank you. It may sound a bit if I sound a little bit stuffed up, that, that's because I have I've caught the, the cold, not the COVID, the cold that's going around because it is September. It is during freshers flu. You know, I'm not freshers anymore. Everyone at school, the schools again, we've reopened society and now we're all getting colds. But um, we're going to work our way through it to talk about this wonderful episode of 2.4 Children, the 1994 Christmas special, which, just to point put out there, was first broadcast about four weeks the day I was born. It's in day 1994, I think it was. 12 million viewers watched this episode, one of the most watched shows of the season. Not a bad. Nice. Yeah. And as ever, it's Christmas on every episode of this podcast. A present, a memory from Andrew Marshall. Hello again. And well, Christmas has rolled round once again. Uh, this episode is called Relaxez-vous, uh, which is named after uh, a 1960s record by Dean Martin and a French singer called Lean Reno, who uh, amazingly um, appeared quite recently in the uh, series on Netflix made in France called Call My Agent. You can find her in a couple of episodes of that if you want to know what she looks like. And it also forms the musical number at the end. Now I've got quite a lot to say about this show. First of all, let's wind the clock back and take a look at what technology was like uh, in the early to mid-90s. When I wrote the first series... Um, I was still writing the show on a typewriter and taking a carbon copy of it. And I took a carbon copy of it because uh, when I'd completed the script, I would actually have to put it in an envelope and post it to Richard Bowden at Television Centre and wait for a couple of days until he received it. And uh, always worrying it would be lost, which is why I kept the carbon copy. Just about at this time, uh, PCs were coming into fashion and uh, so uh, for I think the second series onwards I had a Dell computer in which I wrote the shows and stored the episodes on a floppy disk so that it meant when I posted them this time, posted the print out of them, I always had a copy uh, on hand in case uh, it went astray. Um, but something rather extraordinary happened around this time uh, which was that uh, people began to become aware of this thing called the Internet, which was originally set up for academics and universities and various technological institutions to uh, convey uh, information from one to the other. And I've never forgotten the very first day uh, I bought a modem and, and uh, 
which was the only way you could connect to the internet in those days. And uh, you hear this burst of static which clears and miraculously you're on this extraordinary uh, information highway where you can retrieve all sorts of information. But it wasn't quite like what it is now. There were no smartphones and there was no social media. And although there was a very early version of the World Wide Web, the viewer that you used to look at uh, the various pages on the World Wide Web were just that. You could just look at them. You could do nothing else other than look. There were no uh, other functions that these early browsers had. I think the first one I had was called Clarinet, uh, for some reason. Uh, net, I suppose, is something to do with it. Every uh, function on this early prehistoric internet had a different program, what we would now call an app, to retrieve or, or gain access to various things. You could, uh, you could uh, use, for example, uh, a thing called Telnet, which would transform your computer into a terminal of a larger computer somewhere else you could for example connect up to nasa's computer and, and uh, look at various things or uh, if you wanted to download a file from somewhere you needed to use a different program called file transfer protocol uh, similarly if you wanted email you had to have yet another uh, device uh, which uh, would um, interface with e uh, email um, servers in other places so um it was all really quite complicated at that stage. And although we had Microsoft Windows at that time, many of the things you would connect to on the Internet, aside from the World Wide Web, would be in what was called DOS, which was the underpinning programs of the Microsoft Windows, which sort of slipped over the top like a sort of stretch cover to make it more user-friendly. So uh, if you went to like a chat room or something, uh, you'd just see a, a black screen and, and coloured lettering and uh, it, was, it was all, and you'd have to sort of uh, put in various uh, commands and things to say something or to listen to something. It was all uh, uh, quite different to what it is now. And that's the sort of uh, stage at which we find uh, the porters in this, which is quite probably the, the, the very first... Um, mainstream show that uh, address the internet in any way so that's one thing and that uh, uh, goes to explain why it's the things don't happen quite uh, in it in the way you're um, you're used to these days I was able to send my scripts into the BBC by email at this point I think if I wasn't the first person to send in the script by email, I was certainly the first person in the comedy entertainment department to do so because they had to set up a special um, portal for it to go into. Uh, but it did mean I didn't have to put the script in an envelope and walk to the post office and post off the precious script, uh, wondering whether it would ever get there and how long it would take. The other thing which was happening about this time was uh, our budgets are always uh, going down and down and down. And uh, we didn't really have the money anymore to build a set, 
for the um, finishing musical number. And so what uh, Richard decided to do this time was we would go to a a uh, ready-made location place somewhere uh, outside Television Centre that was already built, uh, which we would modify very slightly and use for the purposes of the musical number. And he would uh, film... Uh, the uh, number using the BBC outside broadcast unit, which I think was uh, two uh, cameras, uh, which fed into what we called a scanner, which is a a big sort of BBC van type thing, which had a mini TV control room inside, and we could sort of do a certain amount of editing uh, on the fly, but uh, we were also uh, able to edit uh, the song, uh, you know, later on videotape to, to, to tighten up all the various takes and things. And the place uh, that we filmed the Relaxé Vu number was a sort of um, a little castle, uh, I think uh, somewhere down in Kent, I think, or, or I'm not entirely sure where it was now, but... Uh, uh, it was. It was kind of, so. The hall you see is not a set on this occasion. It's it's a real actual place which we've uh, placed certain things in to do the musical number. Uh, and the interesting thing about it was it had already been used in a similar fashion by uh, Morecambe and Wise in one of their earlier Christmas specials, in which they did a number called. Um, how can you believe me when I said I loved you when you know I've been a liar all my life uh, with Diana Rigg, which you can um, you can you can Google and, and probably find it on YouTube if you want to take a look at that. And you'll see that it's exactly the same location which they were using in the same way. Uh, so I think that explains all the strange things in this episode. So let's take it away with Relaxez-vous. Back to you, J.D. This is a wonderful opening, a bit of silent comedy I always love, to a fantastic Christmas song, which is now one of my favourites. I never even heard, considering all the songs you hear year after year on the radio, even things like Let It Snow, Dean Martin, Nat King Cole, The Happiest Christmas Tree is one I've never heard of until I saw this episode of 2.4 Children. Had you heard it before? No, I'd ne- never heard it. And the the Christmas special, the one before it, Babies in the Woods, or sorry, Babes in the Woods, Mrs. Santa Claus. I'd never heard that song either until it appeared on the episode, the UK Gold one. Exactly. And the thing is, it's one of those where, you know, you hear, so you hear the same ones every year. It's always nice to hear some kind of underrated or, or very or seldom heard classics, mm-hmm. let alone the episode, the, the title episode, the song itself, Relax, Avery, which I literally never heard of. But that's a story for later on. Great. It's very, very cheerful, this song. It's, I'm the happiest Christmas tree. Ho, 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 he, he, he. It's so <laughs> catchy. And it's it's in a great backdrop. Ben and David mm-hmm. are buying a Christmas tree. And they, you know, it's a wonderful bit of silent physical comedy. It's not, they're almost like a modern day Laurel and Hardy, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. Particularly when the Christmas tree falls on Ben. He's cutting it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, and it's the way that it just keeps building and building up. They find a normal size tree, maybe mm-hmm. probably a bit smallish, but it's it it's one of those where they sometimes look small until you get them into a room and they actually take up a lot of space. And yes, then they see exactly. a sign for large trees. And, uh, you know, you can see David's getting annoyed. And again, it's just brilliantly acted because with their facial expressions and body language, they're just, you know, mm-hmm. being, they're, they're, it's obvious what they're trying to convey. Uh, Because Ben wants a bigger one. 
So then she, um, Ben saws off the big one and gives David the instruction to step back. It's, that's what I love is when he's just like pushes, like gestures, stay back. And you know, you can almost hear him say it. And then the tree, as you say, falls on top of them. Exactly. Nice bit of slapstick there. <laughs> oh, it is. And I'm sure there's many people who uh, who recognize, who've, who've experienced that before. Mm-hmm. And then Ben and David are walking back to the car, each holding one side of the tree. And then they stop for a moment and Ben has a thought in his head. And what you see is, isn't a complete cutaway shot. It's almost like a, a white bulb light around him. But you can see the edges around the edge of the screen of the outside. Like Christmas bauble. It is very similar to Christmas bauble. And Bill is just hitting him over the head with, I think, is a tennis racket, or a... yeah, I would, yeah, I would say a cricket rat bat or something. Yeah, I used to always think it was a plank of wood. She was hitting him with. <laughs> it could well be. Uh... I, I tried pausing it every time she was whacking him, and it was the way it was. It was so quick, I couldn't quite make work it out. Yeah. But, but she's hitting him now with that. You, yeah, I mean, now that you've said that, seeing it, it when she's. The, the part of it, the bit that she's holding, it looks black. So I'm wondering, yeah, if it's a, a tennis racket or a or a, a cricket racket. Absolutely, yeah, it could well be. And that, but whatever it is, it's causing him to sink further and further and further into the floor. Mm. You know, in cartoons, you know, like with the coyote, when the massive rock would fall off the cliff and it would sort of land on his head, but then sort of bang up and down, he'd yes. just sink into the ground. Yeah, cartoonish. It's a wonderful bit of. Um what's the word it's it's slapstick but it's it's kind of done in a way that's real because it would in the world of the show even though the world can be very weird it would seem out of place but in a in a dream it works in a thought Mm -hmm. process it works really well and i love how um he stops to think for a moment so he gets a tiny one so we cut to the porter's living room ben and david enter with a tree and then turn around. I love the way they just go, yeah, we've got everything. And then Bill just gives him that look that Bill always gives. They turn around and there's another tree that's already decorated. Mm-hmm. We realise that Bill had, saw, had said that they would agree that she would get the tree as Ben always buys one that's too big and says it was the smallest one he could find. I just, you know, I'm sure there's lots of people who would be more organised than them, but this is Ben who is, doesn't exactly. always listen. Uh, <laughs> again maybe there are people who 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 bring this uh, who buy multiple trees because they don't listen to their partners and mm-hmm. this is a nice little bit of uh, a recurring joke throughout the episode bill calls for everyone around the table it's typical sort of moment in 2.4 children all the the talks around the dining room table uh you know there's always some if there's ever something going on you know that bill's going to call them around for a meeting Mm-hmm. So she describes them as now I'm sure you're all wondering why I gathered the suspects here in the library. So let me present to you with exhibit A. This is, a, I'm guessing, Poirot. This is the kind of thing I think you would see here in Poirot. Like I'm gathering the suspect in the library because it's always that thing in an Agatha Christie sure. story. Gathering everyone, explaining mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah. And she's almost, quite Cluedo-like too. Yeah, very Cluedo, and she because she's playing almost like a detective, and she's trying to mm-hmm. suss out who is responsible. So Exhibit A is the phone bill for the last quarter, and then says, "You know, does anyone have anything to say?" I mean, phone bill, like that's like a landline phone bill. Yeah, exactly. Jenny admits ringing Clive a few times, and I love the way that David says, "Let make her pay for it, Mum." And you know, mm-hmm. he sort of, even though he's more more in the 
the gutter in a few seconds time i like but i like bill's very fair because she says well you know thanks for um admitting to that i don't think it would be fair to um make her pay exactly it's it's that thing of you know allowing you know sort of kids you know to make you know make mistakes realize they've made mistakes but you know just sort of leave it at that really that's it exactly and i think that's why i I like i like bill because she's kind of fair she's not just control freak Mm-hmm. I love the way they're like, oh, can we go now? Yes, I suppose so. And then they run off or they get up quickly and just after I've read <laughs> you these. That is some after. The way she says after, that is, I've never heard someone say that word with such power. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because she, she re- she's almost relishing that they all want to run off, including Ben, mm-hmm. I hasten to add. Mm-hmm. And yet she's going to bring, she's going to add even more wood to the flames mm-hmm. going back to trees and then she's just going exhibits b c d and e and these are computer printouts that i found while rummaging around the the, the bins while in the course of my duties and i love the way she just flicks <laughs> her hair like yeah this is me i'm exactly. doing i'm doing my duties and this is what i find she's she's very she's, matter of fact yeah she's hunting that's what she's doing exactly. she's hunting for evidence to hold mm-hmm. against someone and she begins to read them out. Dear Ripper, Christmas greetings to you and your clan. It's pretty as a picture here in New England. What's it like there? Shape from Vermont. Dear Ripper, seasons from the Black Hills of Dakota. Say us the size of your mom's pumpkin pie for me. Mickey from Rapid City. And then eventually David admits he uses the phone. She's even just going, dear Ripper. And then he goes, all right, it was me. He'd been using the phone at night. And Ripper is his net handle email name and this is probably the most dated scene in the whole 2.4 children let's be mm-hmm. honest but i like mm-hmm. that i think it, it captures a, a period of time perfectly you've got him trying to explain the most basic elements of the internet and it's all just going over the heads even jenna jenny's going what's he talking about yeah yeah it w- taught me something I-, I didn't know you know handle i didn't even realize that it, you know it's a little bit before it was called email it was called you know your internet handle yeah it it, it it's the it's the transition period of that time of the from where mm. it was in 94 to almost by the end of the day de- or even i think 95 they had um ebay google came about in 98 97 98 and then by the 2000s it was a little bit more yeah. um it was a more i think yeah, because I think Amazon, I think that first launched in 1994, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it was a, it was a much earlier than some of the other developments in the later part yeah. of the 90s. Online bookshop. Yeah, exactly. And it's just interesting to, to kind of, as they kind of get across how much had changed and, and how it, as they captures a period of time. He explains mm-hmm. that it's electronic emailed and he's com- I've computed, connected my computer to the internet. And I just love the way Ben's just like, did you hear that? Our son has connected his computer to the internet. Like he almost knows what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. I love the way he says internet. <laughs> Typical parent who just can't, who hasn't quite got it. <laughs> And then he says, well, you've no business doing that. You're not connected to any net. Even if it has got a handle, it's too expensive. It's just like, what a dad <laughs> comment. But you know what? There was something that's become a, a bit of a relic device to buy off eBay. In 1995, Microsoft released, you know, like one of these training videos. Mm-hmm. And it was 
it had Jennifer Aniston and Matthew Perry from Friends basically describing how you work the internet. And it is just, it's so interesting when you watch these shows now with, with how much has developed. It's watching it now, it's like teaching someone to suck eggs. But back at the time, it was so cutting edge and new. And I like that. I, again, it dates it, yes, but at the same time, it, 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 it captures a time which mm-hmm. people would, wouldn't recognise now or wouldn't know about. And, you know, there's kids, there are kids now, I'm going to sound like old farts now, younger than us, who literally have never grown up without the internet, have they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know, I think I said this on the, the last podcast episode that I appeared on, but my little brother, who is, who is uh, 11, he doesn't know what, you know, what a video is. And I yeah. thought, wow, I thought at least he would know what a video is, but I suppose he wouldn't really. No, no. And, and I was thinking the other day about, um, the, I remember starting to use it a little bit more, about 2006 onwards, so when I started high school, uh, for, mm-hmm. for like homework and stuff. And it's interesting when I think about how different it all was then pre-Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Back in the, I think I might have said this on the, the podcast before, but I can't remember. One time we had one socket in the kitchen and you had a wire that went from the upstairs room, wherever the computer was, which was connected to a socket in the wall. And it went all the way down the stairs, not tripping anyone up, over the top of the kitchen into the socket wire by the phone. And only one person could use it at a time. And you wow. just think, mind blown, how within like five years, even by the early 2010s, mm. we had the we had Wi-Fi and how much easier it was. Multiple people could use the internet in one household. It's just mm-hmm. mental. But it's interesting. Yeah. Bear in mind, this episode would have been like, what, 12 years earlier? And how much will have changed in five years? I think every five years, I reckon generations in internet language and internet eras must be literally every couple of years i would say so yeah i would say so i mean i can really identify with how bill and ben are react reacting to david being on the, the internet because it's almost like worried about their children being overexposed you know to the dangers on the computer because they don't know what he's up to and the reason it resonates is i remember in 2006 when i was in my last year in primary school most of my friends started to have their own email addresses and my parents, they would not let me sign up. Do you remember MSN? Yeah, oh God, yes, I do remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, parents didn't allow me to sign up to it for ages just because they were worried, you know, about the, you know, the dangers of, of the computer world. So I didn't have one for ages. So we've just had a technical problem, and it's, my, it's that's my Wi-Fi, and I think it's pretty apt for the conversation we've just been having, that even after 30 years, the internet's still having teething trouble. It can do wonderful, glorious things, except work. <laughs> <laughs> we were, so we were, we were up to was um, you were mentioning, Forrest, that your parents were mm-hmm. um, nervous about you getting an email address. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, I was thinking now, your younger brother, the things that were what people worried about in the mid 2000s has gone miles away. It, we're miles ahead of that now. And, and there were some pretty mm. hideous things out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Even the things like, you know, have you ever seen at Christmas? I mean, I, I don't have Facebook or anything, but I used to see. You know, you can cut uh, images, you know, sort of your head and put them, I don't know, sort of on elf bodies in those silly sort of Christmas videos you can do on yes. Facebook. I loved those. 
my auntie used to do them all the time when we were younger, but she never, my dad would never let her use our faces on there as a joke just because, you know, it was on Facebook. And yeah. uh, just, oh, God, yeah, my dad is so, yeah, he's, he's com- don't, don't talk to him about Facebook because you'll never hear the end of negativity. <laughs> oh, I think I, 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 I could understand it because Twitter... I think if I think if he had this, I think if me and him having a talk about Twitter, ooh, and I use it, and I think it's great for a lot of reasons. But my God, who Twitter? I mean, social mm. media can be very toxic, but um, oh, absolutely, yeah. But let's go back to a very simpler time where Ben thought it was called the internet. <laughs> what a wonderful time you know and it was expensive you know when he says oh it's too expensive it was it was really expensive even sort of 10 years later David explained the whole thing like he's Edward Snowden like he says you know it's a communications network connected millions of people through the phone lines obviously pre-wi-fi so he explains he can communicate with the U- U.S. Naval Research NATO and the White House There's a little bit of foreshadowing there and I love the way after every time he says it Bill's just like U.S. Naval Research, NATO, the White House. Oh my God! And then he's just like they're looking at each other. Yeah, they're just <laughs> terrified. And she's just and he says, "Yeah, but it's cheap rates after seven o'clock." And then he's, and then I think there's oh, I'm wouldn't be surprised if you got some, no. Jenny says, "Oh, wouldn't be surprised if you got something off the FBI." I have. They gave me a Christmas message as well. <laughs> and then Bill's just like, "Unplug it now, quickly." And so, and then I love the way she's just like, "Oh, Ben, you don't think they'll be able to trade this, us, do you?" Thought the FBI traces no, because and even <laughs> then it shows the FBI's yeah. power that even people in mm-hmm. England could know that they can find anyone in mm-hmm. the world. And isn't it amazing that you know, and and quite rightly so that Bill, you know, fearfully is um is panicking about them, you know, about that question of privacy, you know, about tracing. She's worried that they'll trace their address, and you think, God, even now, again, you know, mentioned in Facebook there's that question of privacy, you know, does it even exist anymore? And they were worried about that, you know, in 1994. Well, that's the thing. And, and, and back then the technology was so, well, might have been rubbish for most people, but maybe more advanced in certain fields that they could mm. possibly get a bit more, um, a bit more, they could have more uh, advanced technology to let, to find people more sure. easily. Yeah, absolutely. And also I'm wondering because of David's age, I wonder how many kids his age actually would have had, a, you know, a computer at that time. I was just, randomly thinking about that well it's interesting you say that because i remember i think we got our computer 97 98 my brother started school in 98 Mm -hmm. and they said that no that even though they had the computers you well they said you still had to do your homework handwritten because Mm -hmm. for kids who didn't have computers but I don't think, but I think it was only really used for like computer games. And I remember the get the poker card game my dad used to play. On oh, there God, many, yeah. Oh, that was so funny. Um, was that I think, called Spider? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. my mum used to play that way into the night. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it was, and then Snakes. It was all, it was the candy crush of their day, wasn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's it's kind of. It, it is interesting to think how many kids that time would have had it, but um, it mm. was the show was very, um, you know, of the moment about mm. things growing, and and I think um, Ben is someone who I think is a bit more uh, irresponsible with money, and he will just want the latest gadgets. So mm. I think it, it doesn't seem out of question that they would have a computer. Sure. So. 
the doorbell rings and Bill's sort of startled because she thinks that, you know, it could be someone following them. I love the way that her and Ben sort of slowly walk towards the, the door and then open it out. And there's all they do is see is this little boy wearing a hat, coat and scarf. And they, Bill's just like, yes. And he starts singing the first verse of Away in a Manger. Mm-hmm. And before he can end the line, lays down in his bed. Door Bill, going against her, her you know, being a hip, massive hypocrite, slams the door in his face. <laughs> and just I doesn't just love care. That. Doesn't care doesn't at all. Care. And do you know what I like about that bit? Before Bill does open the door, do you notice that Ben just sort of stands behind her? I love the, the fact that he he makes her open the door. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he's a he's a he's a he's a um. I think she's a wolf wrapped in sheep's clothing. I think mm-hmm. so. She's probably mm-hmm. yeah. She is. She would be quite scary. But I love when yeah. she slams the door. She just goes. So what are we going to do with that? So she just goes off yeah. the topic of the internet <laughs> and the FBI tracking them to the situation with the um, Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So the doorbell rings again. I love the way Bill's just like, oh, just give him ten p. And then when he and then he's he's ready, thinking it's going to be the kid. And as he opens the door and puts the ten p in in the hands of. Christine, and hey. then as ever, wonderful command. Oh, thank you very much. Should I spend Christmas in the Bahamas or should I take it to Tiffany's and run wild? You know, it's just a wonderful bit of, well, wonderful Christine moment. And, you know, it, it, bear in mind, a couple of years earlier, she bought him a present and he wouldn't give her one because mates don't do that. Exactly. So he's learning, even though he thought it was for a, a, a terribly sounding choir child. So she brings in yet another tree and Ben just looks terrified. You can see now why, as you say, he hid behind Bill thinking someone dangerous was at the door. Absolutely, yep. And so the funny thing is that they're they're both trying to hide it. Like Ben and Christina (laughs) kind of sort of around each other trying to to hide the tree and Bill walks in with a basket. And um, I love the Christmas. like, well, Merry Christmas. Just like, they're just, 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 you know, sort of trying to make everything a bit better. And then Rona mm-hmm. just sort of comes in because the door's still open and she says, can I come in? And Bill's like, have you got a tree? <laughs> no. Then you come in, go through to the kitchen. You know, she's just um, sick of it now. And then mm-hmm. the brilliant line, wonderful bit of Bill dialogue when she hands Ben in the biscuit and goes, you can put tree number three in here. Any excess trees may have to be inserted into more unorthodox receptacles the way she pronounces <laughs> the enunciation of unorthodox receptacles is so perfectly beautifully timed and it, it's pretty obvious what she's meaning <laughs> exactly i i, I think 2.4 children bills i think bill's character you could just sum up sum her up just sarcasm is the word that comes to mind yeah the way totally. she's a sarcasm is fantastic it really is and i think um you know she she and she is like i say she has got the way about her that she can be quite she can come out with threats very well you mm-hmm. know like she wouldn't dream of doing it but just the fact that she's threatened someone means that she could and that terrifies them sure yeah and, and then so in the kitchen we learn that tony's gone to the, the to his parents um, Rona says they're not really going to be ready for her yet. It's the very conservative. They only had sex once in 1959. So she says, Macmillan says you've never had it so good. So, yes, it's true. They thought, why bother a second time? Um, <laughs> which is a great line. So, that's mm-hmm. probably suggesting that the only time they ever had sex was to conceive Tony. Yeah. 
which probably way out of Rona's thought process or maybe even Tony's. Um, and the Macmillan, so he was the British Prime Minister and it was a speech he, he made in 1957. And it's become a bit of a phrase. People at that time, they said that people hadn't had it so good. Well, it mm-hmm. went downhill very quickly and it's what? been just going down <laughs> ever. It's been going downhill ever since, is all I can say. No end in sight. So she says that Pearl's visiting um, and Verona says, you know, all the traffic wardens have thrown themselves under the lorries. And I like this bit between her and Bill because, you know, it's the first Christmas special where they're at home and mm-hmm. they are. It really captures a busy Christmas. She, you know, she says that, you know, Pickford's delivered a turkey. She's cancelled her life to January. She asks what time um, they'll be eating dinner. Um, and then Bill says, you know, the kids have usually torn the tape off anything that doesn't move by the eight o'clock uh, so they're still quite young ish kids in terms of well David probably had some more toys and stuff now still a, a sort sure. of an age to get toys maybe the last year or so and um Rona says uh, you know she's well she's going to be going over for a drink later and I know Bill's like so happy they're staying at home she thinks everything's in control everything's calm everything's set everything's under mm-hmm. control walks in and there's another tree in the living room and she's just like where has this come from christine's brother <sighs> she's like i don't want either of them he's put it on the table as a centerpiece and it's taken up the entire table or more or less the yeah. whole table exactly the fact that you think you know it looks good there yeah she said it takes up the whole of the table just enough room for those mugs there yeah <laughs> and um then Ben has do- does the most stupid thing of all. Forget the fear of the FBI joint of appearing. He suggested, why don't we go to France? And although he has, here's an idea, why don't we all go to France? <laughs> and she's just like, he knows, yeah. France. The exactly. Channel Tunnel. We got trapped in a minefield just going to Suffolk last year. The mind boggles at what might happen to us in the Channel Tunnel. Oh, we know yeah. what happens in five years' time. Well, exactly. Exactly, absolutely. That's the Channel Tunnel, isn't it? I think. Yes, I think yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and the way that he says it, why don't we all go to France? Because he knows deep down what the answer is going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonderful, um, wonderful bit of foreshadowing as well for what's to come in, in Series 8 episode after The Fox. Mm-hmm. And Bill's like, no, we've had it out before. We're saying right here, right here where nothing can happen. And then Rona's looking out the window and says, do you want the good news or the bad news? And Bill's in the best response, which is, I don't know. Because I think she knows the good news isn't actually going to be good. Mm-hmm. Indeed, the good news is Bet's arrived. Bad news. You won't guess what she, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't guess what she's dragging up the path. And Bill's <laughs> just like, this can't get any worse. Blackout and a caption appears. It gets worse. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. <laughs> I really enjoyed those those um, those few words that I used in episode. You know, the episode before it when Bill says, you know, when Ben says, you don't want to go right now, and then the words is right now. Yeah. And then even on May Day when it says three groveling hours later. I love yes. those parts. I do. I think yeah. there's something about um, visual comedy, especially when it's when it's it's kind of the way it foreshadows what's to come. It's always really mm-hmm. enjoyable. So later on, they're all sitting around the telly and Bet and Pearl are there. Um, there's three Christmas trees all decorated. Bet says she likes a tree. I like a real tree, don't you? And Pearl says, no, what I like is something real, but completely artificial. 
So, question for you, Forrest. Do you like a real tree or something completely artificial? Oh, I shouldn't say it, but I do like the artificial trees. The rigmarole that Ben goes through at the beginning of this episode in our house, we never have those issues. It's just in the loft. There it is. It comes down. We decorate it. It's beautiful. goes back up. The same the following year. <laughs> What's about you? Well, I grew up, I always grew up with an artificial one. I always grew up with a really one that had like um it was bare, but you put the you know, like all the um the lights around it. And then a couple of years, mm-hmm. oh god, actually no more than a couple of years ago, like 13 odd years ago, my parents bought a new one. It was beautiful. It's like got um like a um god, what's it called? Um not is it cones, the stuff the birds eat? I'm not, oh, I'm not too sure. It's cones and berries and it had like sprinkles of, of snow on it. It was beautiful. Then when I moved into my current house two years ago, Baron, I've mm-hmm. never had a, artificial, a, a real tree. My partner said we'd get one. And I was just like, mm, okay. But I think I was thinking about this episode, to be honest. And actually, I'm really glad we did because it was a really, it, well, firstly, we didn't have to cut it down. It was all mm-hmm. as, as it was, you know, it was all wrapped up in like this, like, what do you call it? Um, I can't, it, it's not like a, um, it's not a plastic thing. It, it's just wrapped up and then, you know, took mm-hmm. it home. And in the end, I think we kept it in the back of the house for about, till about March. We just couldn't get oh, it wow. out. And it worked really well. Apparently the Queen keeps hers up until February. I read somewhere. Oh, wow. And it lasted. We didn't keep it, the decorations up. It, we just didn't have a chance mm-hmm. to go out and throw it away. And then COVID yeah, hit, and then sure. that was, it made it even more complicated. But it was really nice to have. I actually did enjoy it. Because um, everyone I know has always had an, a real one. has always had to pick out pine, you know, bits yeah, from sure. the carpet ever since. And I love it when, um, you know, <laughs> Pearl says she likes an artificial one. Uh, well, uh, like something that's completely something that is re- looks real, but completely artificial. And then Rona says, "Like Gloria Honeyford," and they just don't get what she means. <laughs> um, and I love it when she's just like, um, "Bet wants a small top of wine," and Ben mentions it's duty free. And Bill's about to turn the TV off as no one is watching. Bet says, oh, no, keep it on. Jen's enjoying, aren't you, Jen? And I love how Jenny's just sat on with her headphones and just looks at them and gives them a squint. You know, that yeah, look that absolutely. teenage girls give her. Hmm. It's always that exactly. noise. Like, hmm, hmm. You know, that a real sarcastic uh-huh. look. Um, I can imagine Bill can give that when she was a teenager. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like the fact that she has her earphones on and not listening you know, to the conversation. Again, it's, it's very much like today, really. Oh, it is. Very, if anyone who thinks that current. technology has killed the art of conversation now, seems like it was doing it then when, as soon as you got headphones, you could easily block off anything. It helps on the train and the bus. Believe me, it helps on the train and the bus. Oh, God. JD, whenever I leave the house, if I've forgotten my earphones, I'm coming back. As long as I've got my lip balm and my earphones, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's the thing you, you, you know I I kind of I think I remember oh oh no I thought that one time my dad went away for work I'd left my I thought it was headphones was my iPod I was livid because <gasps> I couldn't I that meant I had to listen I had to talk on the in the car <laughs> oh, <laughs> could listen to no, my music painful. <laughs> first world problems eh? and exactly this next bit is so relatable 
to anyone who's ever had to, I was going to say endure, enjoy <laughs> a bit of time at Christmas with older members of the family, shall we say, mm-hmm. watching TV and talking about it. And it's just so beautifully observed. You've got Beth saying, what is it? And Pearl's like, that thing, you know, with her, Bet her, Pearl, who is married to him? Oh, yes. And then Pearl says, I knew it wouldn't last. She's been through more men than X lax Do you know what X lax is? No, I, do you know, when I, again, every time I've listened to that, I've always tried to do a Google search, but because I could never actually properly understand what was said, yeah. um, I could never find out. So I was going to ask you that, actually. Constipation tablets. Oh, okay. I thought it, I wasn't sure if it was sort of like uh, something to do with incontinence or, yeah. I thought it was something to do with uh, toilet trouble, shall we say? And it exactly is that. I think it's still still soul now. And then one of them said, she's dead in the film or real life. And then Pearl says, she's some prostitute in the film. And then we learn it's Cleopatra they're watching. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I wouldn't put it past her. Don't understand that, but you know, <laughs> and that's just the type of thing you hear a, a person say. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Taylor isn't dead; she is in my eyes. And then Beth says she did fly to Rock Hudson's side, and Bill says, "Well, wouldn't we all?" Do you re- <laughs> do you get that reference? No, I'm not too sure. So Rock Hudson was a um, a star in the fifties, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He, he was a yeah. he was a heartthrob. I would say he was like the Tom Hardy and Ryan Gosling of his day. Yeah, yeah, very attractive man. He was gay, and obviously illegal. And I always remember Mm -hmm. my nana had a massive crush on him, and she was, well, actually, transpires, he he actually became the first major celebrity to die of AIDS in 1985. Oh, okay. And I remember my nana saying how shocked she was, because she really fancied him when she was younger. Well, a lot mm-hmm. of everyone was shocked that he was gay because he wasn't mm. sort of, shall we say, stereotypical in, in inverted commas. But he was. Sure. He, but then um, he was in a film in the fifties called Giant with Elizabeth Taylor. But they were friends in real life. And have you ever seen the film Philomena with Judy Dench and Steve Coogan? Uh, no, but I know what it is though. So yeah. the film is about a woman who has to find her son who was uh, taken away mm-hmm. from her because she he was un- yeah. unwed. Uh, she was had a child out of wedlock and stuff. And yeah, basically he turned out to be a politician. Mm-hmm. Now it's a true story. So I don't, I'm not spoiling the film or anything, but there's a book about it that was made. At, released yeah, after the film. Sure. And basically he was a politician who died of AIDS as well. And the book actually gave that an explanation of, so Elizabeth Taylor was a friend of Rock Hudson's. And when he was dying, I think it was in France or something, he, she did fly to his side and used and then became very much an advocate in, in, in charity oh, for AIDS. Okay. So she, she was pretty amazing, to be honest. She did a lot of work for the AIDS crisis. And, mm, for, mm. you know, for, you know, today there's lots of celebrities who think of themselves as philanthropists, but actually she was a genuine. I think that's what it refers to. But the fact is that, you know, and again, Pearl's like, well, wouldn't we all really captures that, what a heartthrob that he was yeah. back in the day. So Ben comes in and asks what they're going to do. Um, and Beth's just like, shh. And then Pearl says, it's the same in the cinema now. You try and watch, and there's always some people talking together, talking. It's like, <laughs> oh, yes, they never stop. Yatta, yatta, yatta. 
<laughs> you know, I genuinely, the hypocrisy is amazing. You hear, mm-hmm. again, I've seen it myself. These people who just describe themselves, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, I think I'm a bit guilty of that, though, of doing that. Because I used to always watch EastEnders and then I haven't watched, you know, for ages. And then when I'd go home at Christmas, I'd say, who's that? Oh, oh, that person's with that person now. And mum would say, Forrest, don't start asking questions. (laughs) Yes. Nowadays, you could get like a a, a recap video on YouTube for the the few weeks before. And then Ben tries to stop them again. And Pearl says, well, you can't complain because the manager's in the car park sniffing crack. It's like, wow. What yeah. kind of cinema, what Odeon does she go to? I want to know. <laughs> I noticed that that big laugh actually sort of stumped uh, Liz Smith because she's more or less had to sort of repeat the start of that line again. She does. And 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 I think, um, you know, in sitcoms, you often see the actors kind of pause at one point to start talking. Mm. But then, yeah, she does. She's about to start. And then the, the laugh just kind of has to die down a bit more for her to start yeah. talking. Mm-hmm. You can't get Corona now. You only get nose can't you it's ice lollies basically ice lollies were a thing that you could get in the um kiowa i think it was called oh okay you can't get kiowa now and i wondered what it was i did a google search and this is this is what i always remember weird have you ever seen carry on camping yes i love that film it's amazing isn't it so that's 69 yeah. 25 years before this episode and that mm-hmm. that film they go to at the beginning of it when they realize it's a naturist documentary for camping in in, in the nude and they've all mm-hmm. got lollipop they've got and that's kiara that the thing yeah. the lollipops oh! they're licking is that back then yeah. you could um you could get lollipops at the cinema apparently or lo- yeah. ice lollies like they were called they, they look really nice yeah. nicer than what she's about to mention you know, they say chuck ices are so hard. Do you know I had to have special teeth to watch Shirley Valentine? <laughs> oh, chuck ices are horrible, aren't they? I mean, they probably you know, they were luxury once, but yeah. Ooh, no. Do you know? I'm I'm really boring. Anything like, like that, it? you know, ice lollies or ice creams. I find them so boring. Uh, when I was on holiday recently in the Isle of Wight. I, I had an ice cream. When I started eating it, I thought, why did I buy this? I'm bored of it already. Yes. I mean, are you, what do you think? Oh, I, I, I've never liked them. I must admit, I'm probably, I'd say I'm from a, gen, a very spoilt generation, I think it is. I'll always remember when I was younger, I went to my Nana's house for tea. What she used to buy from Asda was um, Mars ice cream. So it was basically like chocolate. Mm-hmm. It was almost literally like a Mars bar, but with ice cream instead of the, mm-hmm. the sort of squishy chocolate bit. And I sure. just think I've kind of been a bit sort of, I mean, I mean you know, you get ice cream, it's a treat, but I think it's just yeah. a bit nicer ice cream. Than I it think used so. To be. I, I, yeah, I'll have a fab lolly any day of the. Oh, I love Fab Lollies. <laughs> now that is one I love. I yeah. love Twisters as well. Twisters are really good, but the cinema's so expensive uh, yeah, now. Good. I did treat myself last week to Ben and Jerry's when I went to see Candyman. Do you know I had to have special teeth to watch Candyman? <laughs> I said his name five times in the mirror and he appeared and slaughtered me. I didn't, but it was so good. And then Fantastic. she's... Again, if we I forgot about this line um, saying about killing the art of conversation. Pearl says, I blame television. Kills the art of conversation. And Ben said, Bet says, people just watch and don't talk. 
I, I just think I mean I just think that's a really great little section there. Really, the two yeah. of them were so you know Barbara Lott and Liz Smith just mm-hmm. just play off each other so well. They did in the Babes in the Wood when they're in the hotel room and getting yes. high, but they're really good here because they're just driving everyone insane. It's always that thing, that idea at Christmas. You're obliged to spend time mm-hmm. with your family mem- family some members you want mm-hmm. to spend time with some of them you don't hate but you don't like spending time with yeah sure i just have i love how contrary they're being too yeah totally uh it, i always remember i'll say this because again i think i've mentioned my grandma before on the podcast but she won't be listening to this she wouldn't even know what a podcast is i always remember one easter we watched with my family we all watched um hairspray you know the remake okay. from 2007 mm-hmm. My grandma talked throughout the entire film and then had the gall at the end of it to say, that was a bit too bouncy. Oh, my God. You didn't even watch it. You didn't (laughs) even watch the film. It was so funny. Oh, it's a bit like the the worst, the worst worst type of um, programme to talk through are quiz shows. Oh man, if we're trying to watch the chase, particularly the last bit, and someone's constantly talking, I'm thinking to myself, I might have known the answer to that if I could have heard the question. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it's so, it is just beautifully observed and written and performed. And I love it when they wonder where David is and then Bill and Rona all kind of race to find him because they just want to get out and go and then Bill just runs upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I love it when Ben says, you know, do you want another drink? And Ben says, no, you sit down, enjoy yourself. And then holds up a glass. <laughs> that is typical bet. Yeah. That's heard through a tea. It is. You know, it's, uh, I think I've seen people do that as well. It's like, no, you're fine. And then sort of hint with a gesture of what they actually mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, do you want a cup of tea? No, I'll be all right. I mean, you know, I've not had a cup of tea for about 10 hours. <laughs> that's what she says in, May- in uh, mayday it's just wonderful oh yeah so bill enters this the spare room which we really learn is is was david's first bedroom mm-hmm. where david is the where the computer is and david's typing away um he just explains that someone's called up on the computer gives no details and bill just says i told you to shut this down and you what you see the the the, the screen i mean it's like this massive box almost it really is an old style computer mm-hmm. and the way that um you know the, the the loading of the screen is is you know it has this music sound it looks like mm-hmm. tron it looks like some 80s um sci-fi movie with the way with the sound effects and everything and um in fact you know it, it it's used again that the loading screen in an episode of health and efficiency like it was shown like one a couple of weeks later the first episode of series two remember when yeah. they, they have that software to predict people's prognosis yeah the app well um diana Ewitt in her office um i thought it was the same computer as in this episode but i've looked closely it's not but the the loading screen is exactly the same mm-hmm and so yeah, I the... like that episode. Oh, it's funny, isn't it, it? Yeah, Doctor Death. I think it's called. Yeah, a good it is. one. Yeah. And on the computer comes up a message: user status and location classified level zero, access restricted. David says they are connected and can't break it off. Then a message come up comes up and says, "Is that you, Bill? Please confirm." And I just love Bill's face in this moment because she's been so determined. Get off, get off. Because the thing I love about Bill is, although she is the responsible one, 
she could be caught off guard and then becomes very, mm-hmm. very irresponsible. Do you notice that, Matt? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But do you know what I... Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what I, I quite like? It? I, I don't think David's being sarcastic. I actually quite like how encouraging he's being towards yeah. Bill. You know, when she says, I can't... Oh, yes, you can. It's easy. I thought that was quite a sweet moment. He's teaching her what to do. I mean, even his sister doesn't know. And he's, she's only a year yeah. or two older than him. So mm. she types in yes... This is Bill. And then eventually another message comes up saying, hello, Bill, what are your Christmas wishes? So then we go to back to the living room. Bill goes down to get Ben. um, And (laughs) they're watching Cleopatra on the TV still. And Rex Harrison's on the screen. And Bet refers to him as Dr. Doolittle. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then she goes, he was wider in the cinema. No, yeah. Sherlock. <laughs> you know, it te- the camera has exactly. ten pounds anyway. In the cinema, it's it's huge. Um, you can hear uh, Roman when men are whipped, uh, and then Roman mentions that that no, that's the middle of Ben Hur, apparently. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And then Pearl says, "You know, Cleopatra looked like she's had a permatile local salon. Couldn't comb it out with a bazooka." You know, she just, she comes out with the most random comments, and I I love that about Pearl. You know, mm-hmm. she just she just has these weird observations and says those weird, makes those weird analogies at times. Dale's trying to get Ben away, and you know he's not budging. So she goes back into the office and then types "switch off television," where types in England, and then there's these television relays for choices. Number one, interrupt UK transmissions. Number two, disable terrestrial land links. Number three, discontinue satellite relays for all of the above. Enter choice, question mark. Bill presses one, enter. She goes downstairs and I love how she's kind of like, wants it to happen, but doesn't. And it's like, oh, it's fine. And then suddenly it's like the static of the TV. And it's off. Mm-hmm. Ben checks all four channels. Then Pearl's like, they've gone on strike. I, kn- I know they've gone on strike, you know, typical <laughs> during Christmas. Like, that's her first thought. Um, mm-hmm. Bill runs upstairs, and I love the way Beth says, probably got the runs. Yeah. <laughs> Charming. And then I think this is one of those moments where Bill's been, te- had, had, had fate, uh, where Bill's been tempted. She's always had the devil on her shoulder. And she's mm-hmm. regressing it. So she yes, goes absolutely. back on. She's given in. Yeah. Yeah. She has totally given out. in. Yeah. So she types, goes back into the computer and says, switch television back on. Do not understand. And I love the way she's just like, what don't you understand? Yeah. She's trying to reason <laughs> with it. It's like I read somewhere a while ago, there was a kid whose grandmother wanted to question off the internet. So what she did, she found she never really used Google. She typed in the question, but typed it like, you know how when we want a question, generally speaking, you type in the subject and we'll come up with stuff. Or if you've got a mm-hmm. question, you keep it for. She typed in almost like a sign of uh, the, 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 the size of a letter and says, please, can you tell me what this is? I'd be really, I'd really appreciate it. Into Google, into Google. It was just a really, oh, wow. it's just quite funny, really. Um, yeah, sure. Actually, another funny thing, just going back to like, but older people say, my friend mm-hmm. from school took his grandparents to McDonald's, the first ever McDonald's when we were at school 10 years, odd years ago, <laughs> and she went to the front of the, of the 
counter she asked for a menu it was so cute oh wow it's just I mean, my, the way they think is wonderful exactly my nan she finally signed up to facebook so i actually i think she felt left out so she signed up to it you know obviously where you post the status my nan just typed the status that said search lottery results just posted that as a status thinking maybe she was typing something into google just there as a status search lottery results that's so cute bless her i love that imagine pearl bet on social media oh could you well do you know what's exciting i was listening just just um digressing a bit i can't wait to read the new one foot in the grave novel because mrs warboyce is on twitter yes you so listened, that's going to be excellent. You listened to David Renwick's interview on One Fun, the podcast, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic interview. Great. Big shout, shout out to Tom, the amazing host of One Fun, the podcast. He did a brilliant two-part interview with David Renwick. Very insightful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And indeed, a new book's coming out, and Mrs. Warboys is on social media. That yep. would be hysterical. And I hope, fingers crossed, that Angus Deaton appears on the one foot in the grave podcast fingers crossed indeed Indeed. fingers crossed (laughs) for me as well so ben says the radio said it's everywhere across the country and this is the moment he suggests once again going to france and bet gets really excited and bill's like well you can't go away you don't have your passports and then bet just brings out and again another great bit bet line is i always bring it in case i'm out and international jewel thieves break in (laughs) jewel thieves just just it's, and it's like again it's those those people you know just come out with the most rant it's one thing saying your house gets burgled mm-hmm. but it's international jewel th- just the mind boggles with some people and that's what i love they they might come across very crazy but they're actually mm. you re- you know people like that who would just come out with the most bonkers comments oh yeah do you know what i think it is as well i think it's probably hearing too much that goes on I think, or, or just reading, I don't know, hearing things on the news. or I, I think that's, that, that has an effect on people. I yeah. mean, I remember I used to, when I was in halls, I, I lived with this guy who taught in Indonesia and he, and he then worked, still was, he still taught there, but he also was in charge of the recruitment part. And, uh, you know, he was suggesting it to me. And I, I thought it was a good idea to go out there and teach English as a foreign language. And when I mentioned it to my great aunt, she said to me, uh, oh, Oh, you don't, you don't want to be doing that. Oh, how, you know, you, can you really trust this guy? You might be smuggling drugs for him in the airport. And I thought, oh, no, him. he just recruits, you know, people to teach in schools in Indonesia. And that's what she thought of, me yeah. bringing drugs through the airport for him. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. I think, as you say, people hear these things on the news or read things in the papers or just or, or mm. little bits. Not the full mm-hmm. details, just just tiny yeah. bits out of context, and then just make their mm-hmm. own, create their own, their own stories. Mm-hmm. And I love it when um, you know, Pearl has hers because of the pensioner's happy meal at Mister Burger. Per- pensioner's happy meal. <laughs> I mean, it's just wonderful. That's a. It was that. I wonder if that was a thing. You know, I think if McDonald's did a pensioner's I hope it was. meal deal, I, I, I'm down for that when I'm older. I'm just down for yeah. that yeah yeah exactly. fantastic because if, if, I haven't heard it because I haven't heard of it I, I kind of want them to do it I want to start a petition oh do it well Rick and Morty the American cartoon in one episode mentioned some random limited edition 
remember what it was. It was something that they did for the release of the Disney film Mulan in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And, it, and social media whipped up into a frenzy about it. And then McDonald's, you know, did actually release this weird limited edition thing. So if you start a petition, oh, wow. Forrest, it might just happen. Well, Not, everyone loves nostalgia. Just... Everyone loves the nostalgia. <laughs> just please don't ever bring back the play areas at McDonald's. They were a health hazard. Absolute <laughs> safety hazard. And I love the what Ben says, you know, we could go to Euro Disney with wine, have a nice meal with wine. Is what Bet just keeps saying with wine, you know, and yeah, she's, exactly. she's getting a bit tipsy. Yeah, I love the way there that Ben and Bet, the way that you know Ben sort of slouched right next to her because they look they look like mischievous kids, and I think it's the first time or the only time they're sort of like this together, really. Oh yeah, I think I think um, he's giddy. I don't think he's drunk mm-hmm. at this point, although he's obviously had no. a few drinks since Christmas. But she's definitely. Mm-hmm. On the on the more should we say drunker end of the spectrum, and yeah. um, Euro Disney. This that's a nostalgia. This is this must be just before they turn it to Disney. They change it to Disneyland Paris because mm-hmm. I think it was two couple of years of Euro Disney, and then it, it changed to Disneyland Paris. And I love the way Bill's just smiling, kind of like yes, mm-hmm. yes, no, <laughs> and then just like we've got to get back to normal again. Another after the fox um, kind of foreshadowing mentioned the channel tunnel earlier but the wine because it's cheap wearing yes, wine exactly. that they, they get later on so mm-hmm. bill runs back upstairs and then goes back to the wishes on the computer and it still doesn't understand ben asks if bill's seen the french maps um and then just types in bad weather and then you don't see anything and then when ben's in the kitchen the radio says there's now severe bad weather gale force mm-hmm. winds and no one is to leave their houses, especially in Chiswick. And I love the image of Ben in the kitchen, just standing by. I think it's the, um, you know, where the door entrance is to the living room. Yes. When you can see the edge of the stairs. And you've yep. got Bill's head just pops from the side of the stairs. Like just like she's trying. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's um, it's just quite a funny visual um, to try and relate to perspectives. Ben not knowing what's going on and clueless mm-hmm. as to what the fact that it's all taken place within the house and Bill upstairs mm-hmm. trying to work out how to get herself out of this predicament. That's totally her fault. She had more, Bill had more self-control than this, but it makes for great viewing for us. <laughs> so Bill types on the computer, cancel, switch off television. Thankfully, it um, understands. So the three options are restore UK transmissions, enable terrestrial links, and continue satellite relays. Rona um, appears. Bill types in the, the first option. David explains what's going on. And again, Bill and Lang has this wonderful way of explaining, as, as the character of Bill, giving out some information in that is so kind of out there, but in the most matter-of-fact way. You know, like when her head gets... Um, stuck in the cat flap and Rona hangs from the ceiling in uh, Bird mm-hmm. on a Wire and when she's home mm-hmm. back, and she explains how it all how they got themselves out of that she says it so matter-of-factly well it's like this when she says mm-hmm. we switched off the TV transmission we switched off the TV transmitters and Rona just looks soft and she goes we switched them on again it's just like without context that is just like that's a lot of information to take on in a few seconds um, yeah Rona asks her to do something to show her and then Bill wants to know exactly what's going on. 
Dave says he needs to get his book um, to work out how to deal everything. Nowadays, I just Google the website exactly. on my phone. And then she asks Rona to keep an eye on it when they leave the room. And again, this is another example, I think, where because of the power that it has, it's tempted people who are very strong. So let's put it like this. If Bill was weak, Rona's screwed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she's yeah. the holy grail for her. Yeah. Um, and then eventually Ben just like wonders what they're doing up there. So eventually he's clicking, he's click, clogged on that something going on upstairs. And then, <laughs> you know, eventually uh, it's just Pearl and Bet. Mm-hmm. And Pearl says, let's put on a video. And it's a, t- I love the fact that Pearl clearly knows what Rona likes, that she bought yeah. her video of the Apollo strip form, men's strip form in 3D. I mean, that's just, yeah. the, the, and they're like excited schoolgirls, aren't they? Exactly. And I like the fact that that's a present to Rona, but she's just decided just to open it and watch it anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I love it. And it's like, shall I put it on? Oh, yes. You know, they're getting quite <laughs> giddy. Because again, you always think, I have this assumption about people of my grandparents' generation. And I think mm-hmm. you can have this of any generation who are older than you, that as well, back in their day, sex was a taboo subject like you didn't talk about mm-hmm. it but mm-hmm. i think that but i think it's one it proves one thing you think they're prudish but because they didn't talk about it they're probably repressed and when it comes yes. out it comes out in in, in certain ways oh, absolutely um yes absolutely well i, I remember uh, in my first year at university our uh, our uh, language teacher she turned around and said to us saying it like this might sound weird but it was to it was in context you know in the in the classroom she said hey folks you've you've got to remember it's not just you guys that are having sex she said your parents have sex and she went and guess what your grandparents probably have sex as well <laughs> i mean we we're all we're, we're all here well most of us aren't born in a test tube let's be honest that's only been exactly. going on for 40 years you know it's yeah, re- exactly you reach an age where you realize and it's just like yeah yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's happened I, I remember in EastEnders <laughs> years ago uh yeah. do, do you know that the character Frank Butcher oh yeah 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 I loved it in the year 2000 there was that love triangle between him Pat and Peggy you know because it was great to see you know people of their age you know sort of stuck in a love triangle right? it was great it was a fantastic storyline or like him yeah and like have you ever seen waiting for god with stephanie cole oh yeah that's fantastic and the episode where they her and i can't remember the man's name now but it's the the, the, the main character that she has tom. Kind of, tom they they sleep together and they yeah. um and she taught and it kind of talks makes sort of comments about sex going on in the retirement home let's have condom machines and orgies in the corridor she's just it's just very funny and then exactly bill um have been trying ways to find out who it is they've been at it for an hour and they just all want of all questioning why it wants bill specifically and you know i like these moments in two point for children that are kind of philosophical because they're not overplayed, mm-hmm. but they're done with within the context mm-hmm. of the show, and it's never forced, and it's and it's and it's the, the right amount of it to get a point across. So, you know, she contemplates, mm-hmm. you know, the power of it. You know, she just wants to get rid of it, but she could start a war, end a war, you know, anything that she wants. Mm-hmm. And she said, "I don't know how anyone could cope with that power, least of all me." Mm-hmm. So that proves why she. 
you know, she could be prime minister, but even then she feels, you know, she, 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 you know, she find it a responsibility to have that much power. Yeah, sure. And then Ben suggests that it might be, he says, well, it might be another bill he's trying to connect with, you know, you know, who else could it be? And then I love it when mm-hmm. Ben says, well, Bill, and he's sort of about to say someone's surname. It's obvious who he's referring to as the doorbell rings. Mm-hmm. And then we see, we cut to Pearl and Bet watching the TV with the 3D glasses on. And it's obviously the, the strip of music playing, similar to when um, um, Rona, Bill and Darren E go into this to the Apollo men. Or was it was it the Apollo men in, in uh, One Night in Bangkok? The episode that we that yeah. we recorded, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful reveal. Bill opens the door and there's these, there's a man who goes, okay, ma'am, here we are. And it's three hunky soldiers dressed in literally nothing but speedos, which look like Christmas mm-hmm. wrapping paper. Um, kind of like uh, army hats, wearing guns. It's like a little bit of tinsel and baubles. <laughs> and and it's just, it's like, it's, it's, it's like Rona's fantasy. And it turns yeah. out to be so. Bill's horrified. But then the brilliant um, joke in it is Bert and Pearl and Bet turn around and Bet goes, it's very realistic, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you think they think it's 3D. They think they've literally come out of the screen. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. See, I, in one of the... Um, this actual clip is used in the advert in 1994 BBC One. And they show that... Like, just thinking about it now, with Bert saying it's very realistic, isn't it? I wonder if it's sort of sport with Jake for the viewers. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think they 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 could have uh, promoted it, but I mean, I, I, as I say, I've, I've said this a few times on the podcast. I've never been particularly fond of the trailers that I've seen for the show. Um, yeah, sure. Because I feel like I feel they like always use the most bland, boring clips. When I say boring. On in its own content, in the context of just seeing it, it it's not very mm-hmm. enticing. But for the one t- for uh, you know, there's one thing showing clips that don't really, you know, if you, you watch it in whole in the whole show, you know it's yeah. good. But just mm-hmm. in context, doesn't really entice people to watch. Whereas this is the twist. This is near the end. This is where it. Yeah, exactly. This is where it all hits mm-hmm. the fan, really. Yeah. Because you know, Bill's horrified. And the man says that they were on the main man in the middle says, you know, we're on standby and we got orders to come here and dress like this. And then he hands Bill a letter saying personal orders direct from President Bill Clinton. And you see Rona appear on the stairs, just eyes wide open. And I love the way that the camera zooms in on Bill as she reads the letter and her, she just, her face drops. She just sort of turns the letter around, looks up and goes, Rona, and then just yeah, glares absolutely. up at the stairs as Rona tries to tiptoe away. And then it's like, I didn't think it would do anything. <laughs> and it's just like, um, right, well, thank you very much. And then um, it's just really funny the way they just walk out because you think when they yeah. would get that request, they think, what the hell are these people thinking? Exactly. And just looking at Buddha, I just just all the emotions that from that panic to oh god i know what's going on here and then thank you very much just in that just in those few seconds how much she changes yes and she just has the cool cool exterior just shuts the door and then just turns around in a panic Mm -hmm. going now what are we going to do they got our address 
And then you actually forget when you go to the kitchen that Jenny's just been there the whole time with her headphones in, totally mm-hmm. oblivious as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you've just got them all appear. They all the house is seemingly empty, and then they all just appear with luggage. And Ben just like, right, we're going to France immediately. Right, get your stuff, and then just put a coat on her. And then they just literally, woof, literally, she's she's literally up in a whirlwind of people. Yeah, I mean, even that bit, you know, when you know Ben passes her her jacket. Do you see the sort of the shove he gives her as well? I know. It's it's yeah. it's just it's just it, it's it's played so well because she just looks mm. so overwhelmed, and yeah. then we, yeah. Oh no, I was just going to say this whole scene where they're all rushing down the stairs. I, I reckon being in the studio, it'd have been great seeing that bit. Yeah, just rushing out of the door. A great visual scene of them all. Yeah, definitely because it's uh, they play it so well. They play that panic so well, and just the mm-hmm. irony is, you know the previous two years when they went away things happened and things went wrong and now mm-hmm. the be- the most safe place they can be is the channel tunnel bearing in mind bill yeah. thought god knows what can happen well what happened at home was crazy yeah exactly and so we have a, a tight a card with the the castle snowy castle and it starts with do 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 and it begins the musical number for that year which is mm-hmm. I, yeah it's the only Christmas special where the song at the end is the title of the episode so it's Relaxez-vous by oh, Dean Martin mm-hmm. I you know I know a bit of Dean Martin there's always the ones that everyone knows this I never knew and you know what it's such a good song it's it's cheesy you know the, the, mm-hmm. the lyric is uh, when you're too tense it's common sense to relaxez-vous it's it's just it's 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 quite you know it's cool it's old it's kind of it's a bit bit silly yeah. slightly corny but you know mm-hmm. it's 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 it captures a mood what i love yeah. is that it captures that kind of music and that kind of era the swinging era of, of like the, the the rat pack and you mm-hmm. know it's it's uh and and the kind of music you would sort of know from like the 50s and stuff and and I think the the musical numbers do kind of play up to that sort of yeah I think sweet so. era mm-hmm. um and you know the the inside of the castle is very archaic with furnishings and furniture and a um a, 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 um, a nice statue and mm-hmm. I love when I love that you know what I love uh, about these Christmas specials you obviously throughout the show and including the the series episodes you see the cast wear these kind of normal modern clothes and then when they're mm-hmm. in the musical numbers they they dress so glamorous and yeah look at bill yeah. she always looks fantastic gorgeous because if you think of when belinda lang's in second thoughts the sitcom oh belinda absolutely and, uh, james bolham that character is kind of an upper class socialite she's always wearing mm-hmm. um you know kind of very smart dresses and elegant coats and make, full yeah. of makeup and there's one episode yeah. where she is dressed up as Emma Peel from the Avengers in the sort of leather latex sort of oh, yeah. suit and yeah. then Bill is so sort of opposite that I mean I know that uh, it's British home stores Belinda Lang used to uh, get the clothes from and she wears such kind mm-hmm. of normal sort of dowdy clothes but but just like yeah, an, yeah. a regular person would but you know here she's where she's wearing um one of those headscarves that you know I always think of France and it's it's you know it's like a French headscarf and mm-hmm. this amazing um 
you know glamorous clothes and and, and long skirts and you know sunglasses she, i mean she has that old hollywood about her yeah that's I've always what thought i was that. thinking yeah yeah very always hollywood yeah absolutely. i've always thought that about belinda lang she's got a very old hollywood look about her mm-hmm. um and so do, well they all do actually when you you know and uh, julia looks you know with the, the um blonde wig yeah, which is it's kind of uh, what, what's the hair? I don't know hairstyles, but it's like a, a big sort of hairstyle with a, a ponytail and you know a mm-hmm. long pink dress, and it just looks so amazing and 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 yeah, dolled up, but not in a. I don't say dolled up in like a. I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to politically cor- incorrect. Please don't make me be politically. Okay, dolled up in a Love Island sense. I had to say it. There, I said it. <laughs> I just had to say we it. Forgive but... you. We forgive you, JD. Thank you. I'm saying they look dolled up in a very sophisticated, I say, classic Hollywood way. Yeah, absolutely. Classic Hollywood. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, um, again, you know, the lyrics are crazy. When you're too tense to go and sense to relaxez-vous, the more you earn, the less you learn to relaxez-vous. But there's, you know, there's things like, um, you know, the more you earn the dough for the taxez-vous, things like that. You're just like, (laughs) it's actually got a point. Yeah. Yeah, the more, yeah. The more you work and you get more dough, you don't relax and you don't and you pay more tax. It's just so yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah. The, the just, lyrics are a bit. Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, no. Oh, I was just going to add on just a boring thing. Yeah, the more you earn, the more you're sort of, you know, owned by the companies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it, and, and even though the lyrics are a little bit silly, they have a lot of meaning, mm-hmm. which I yeah, always absolutely. like. And so the, the, you know, you've got, um, Bill looks the most relaxed in probably the Howl's episode, as as mm-hmm. as they um, as they kind of wearing um, as they're just sort of dancing around and Ben sort of in a suit and and the way that they all sort of the way her and and, and um, Rona sort of dance and say relax they view in tune with each other they 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 just look like they're having the best time they really do mm-hmm. en- enjoying it. Um, Ben is as ever the butt of jokes. So David and Jenny walk in and open the door, which slams in his face. That's the thing I love yeah. about these musical numbers. Ben is always kind of trying to be cool and very much showing off his talent, but then things happen around him where he's kind of yeah. hit or he's, he's basically hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. Jenny is dressed in a 60s... The way I can describe it, it's like a 60s dress. It's kind of short, no sleeve, no sleeve. Very, mm-hmm. it's what it's all in one dress. Her hair almost looks a bit like, um, oh, I, I don't. The best way I can describe it is that she, she, it looks like Purdy, Joanna Lumley's character from the New Avengers, but really it's more of a kind of silver black, dusty Springfield kind of hairstyle at the mm. time. I don't know if it's called a bob or something like that. Helmet, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then David basically is dressed like um, John Lennon. Yeah, I was just going to say a beetle, just like a beetle. <laughs> but from the, I'm going to go on a, probably from the Yellow Submarine era or from um, Sergeant Pepper's era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's like I a mean, green God, suit. look at Jenny, it's like wrapping paper. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they just look colourful and they're, again, they're having a great time. Um, those glasses that he wore, Liam Gallagher brought back in fashion around the same time. Yes. Uh, there's Absolutely. a reindeer's head model that's on the wall. Is that what it's called? You know, when you've got those kind of heads of like, um, I'm trying to think now. 
Yeah, like a, a moose head. I would have moose just head. preferred to a Taz. Yeah. Yes, it is a moose head. Um, it's a bit like in Faulty Towers, you know, when um, yeah, I think someone's talking to it, and then Ben looks at it, and the eyes just move. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And then I, I love the way that all the actions hit, you know, go in line with the music. So you've got the tin mm-hmm. metal knight that's kind of got um, holding up this weapon thing, and then uh, the lyrics are go boom, boom, and and in yeah. time with it, the right hand, and it goes boom, boom, on Ben's head. Yeah. So Pearl and Bet are as drunk as drunk can be at this moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the way that um, she's, she, you know, Pearl's sat by her, going, I don't need to try to relax, and then she takes a sip very drunk. And then when um, this camera moves... And then Bet's just on the on like a, a shelf by the window. Yeah. And she's like, Chum, I'm not doing on <laughs> to relax over. She just looks completely gone. Um, it's just like, oh, just her faces. She's so animated. Yes. And then uh, he really is. And then Ben stands by a door with a sign that says the swimming pool. And then a hand appears and then the fingers kind of you know, gesture him mm-hmm. to come in. And I love the way he looks at the camera with a raised eyebrow. And yeah. then as he goes in with some blue water, a blue light, sorry, um, reflecting in there like a swimming pool. Very good. Love the production values. Very, the detail's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two tentacles, which are so obviously um, models and like, uh, yeah. like the ones you buy, like toys, grab him with the noise of an octopus. It's just, it, it's, 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 it works in the variety sense, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. because it builds up the idea of Christmas and then Ben appears again um, and, and and there's a repeat of a line that's been in before which is you're as tight as a drum you're as gay as a tune which builds things and I love when Ben asks her what do you mean by that yeah gay in the old sense it's a bit like in the Flintstones we'll have a exactly. gay old time it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely. happening mm-hmm. um, and then again a nice little recurrence of the um events with the tin metal statue previously he sees that the the, the arms are still of uh, the tin metal statue still raised with the weapon and he moves her to the side of um to that side where the where uh-huh. right underneath where it's above her head the other arm is so tightly down and then it <laughs> he said then you hear the lyric boom boom and then the the it's obviously someone in that um statue yeah. that goes boom boom with the other <laughs> arm that seems to be down and that there's got nothing there so Ben can't get away from any of it. Exactly and I like the fact that he was willingly putting Bill in the firing the firing line. Yeah exactly it it, it just um he probably just didn't want to be seen as a fool and he and he was he, you know yeah, wasn't exactly. gonna win. Um, so in the end um <laughs> they're all in the room and then Ben runs to the back um and a dog bites him. It, well, well, he's out. He, he runs out, and then you hear um, like ruff, 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 and all this um, barking. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, it just—it's just funny because he then runs back in, and he said, and like he, all his clothes are ripped. He's got like his hair's frizzy. He's, you know, he looks like he's been just clawed at. And then the lampshade falls on his head. And then he just knocks over. And then it's a nice, like it's almost like yeah. a picture card. No, unlike um. The first two musical numbers, especially in uh, uh, Misery, in, uh, I was gonna yeah Misery, but I think more in um, 
So uh, there's no place like home for the holidays when they're all sat at the oh, table okay. and they raise their glass. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. time they're, they're sat in like a few different chairs because it's like a few, it's not all like um, coordinated. It's all a bit more out of the way. And you've got sure. like Bill's kind of leaning down on a, on a, um, against the edge of this chair. You've got mm-hmm. um, the, a few couple of others just sitting down, not looking, none of them are looking at the camera. They all look yeah. there in a natural pose doing, mm-hmm. you know, not, not, it's almost like the, the picture's been taken without any uh, in 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 uh, natural sort of movement. They're not doing anything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that ends the episode. And it does look like a Christmas card. Yeah, absolutely. And it ends the episode, and it's um, you know, a really great specialist. I think. I think what I like about the two point one children Christmas specials is that. The plots as themselves could, except maybe um, the first one, mm-hmm. could happen at any, could be an, an episode. So you could have like going on to getting stuck in the, in the minefield, hacking of the yeah. internet. Actually, no, Porky's with the pig, that is definitely Christmas based, but then going on the Oriana. But the, mm-hmm. the, 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 but the way they, they, they put Christmas around it and add those little elements like having the musical numbers having the the, the the kind of observations about Christmas from a very mm-hmm. British context has made them last, I think, really well. I think one of the biggest problems with Christmas specials is that people just go for the same things. It's always a Christmas carol spoof. It's always something to do with the nativity. Yeah. Whereas 2.4, mm-hmm. well, I mean, they, they do a bit of a nativity kind of twist to a degree in um, Porky's. Yeah. But, but it, you know, it's got that um, originality to it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, very, very original. It was a shame. I mean, I don't want to com- complain about it because obviously it was great when Gold repeated all the Christmas specials finally after so long. But Relax Heavy was the only one they didn't they didn't show. Again, for, I think it was for contractual reasons. I'm gonna, I was about to mention that myself. Um, it's it's very well. It just reaffirmed why I did this podcast really because. Mm. You know, it's bad enough we've not had the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Bad enough it's not on streaming. Bad enough the bit that it's not been repeated on terrestrial. But even yeah. now, with gold, there's not many shows I can think of where some episodes have, are not shown because of something contractual mm-hmm. that means it can't be mm-hmm. shown. But you know, it, it it reaffirms how even now it's difficult to watch this show in full. Yeah, For those of absolutely. us who. It's not really foresight, but look, people I know who got it recorded from the original broadcast. Yeah. Or those of us who taped it from a UK Gold tran- uh, repeat. I could think the last mm-hmm. time I remember this episode being shown must, God, must be the late 2000s, probably. And it's really frustrating because, I mean, I want them all to be out, but watching this again, mm. it just, ha- yes. The internet element is slightly dated because it's reflective of the internet at the time. But the idea mm-hmm. of hacking is mm-hmm. relevant, very current, more so now than mm-hmm. ever. You know, Edwards, I mentioned Edward Snow before. This is very much a precursor to all the stuff that's happened in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it's played so well that ultimately hasn't dated to a certain yeah, It has absolutely. to a degree, but it's, but it's got elements that we can still recognise. Sure, I think so. But we can only hope that it will be shown yes. again because yeah. it will be an absolute treat for anyone who watches it. What a great episode. 
Really enjoyed that chat. Yes, absolutely. Forest out of five. Oh, definitely out of five. It's a Christmas special. It's a classic. It's a special episode. It's a very special episode, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, as I say, it's relevant even now. Captures a time yeah. and, it, and, it, and it almost predicts a time that we're living in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Forrest, as ever, it's been an absolute delight having you on. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking time to, to come on the show. And we're going to have you on again uh, for an episode in the future. So thank you for coming on again. Thank you, Jadine. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. And so that concludes Series 4 in total. Next week, we have Greed, or as it's known as the Lottery episode. And we are joined again by Russell, who we first met during the Curiosity Killed the Cat. And we're going to have some nostalgia about the lottery. Thank you to everyone who's joined us today. As ever, you can find us on social media. It's the 2.4 Children DVD and streaming campaign Facebook page. And you can also find the podcast page on Instagram and Twitter at 2.4 Podcast. Until next week, thank you for joining us and Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm.